Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. That's right. Live the Fuel, as in livethefuel.com. And uh, real quick, I've been trying to remind all of our regular loyal listeners a quick public service announcement to our show. Please get on the iTunes and give me some updated reviews. I'm looking to add in some new content for the show. The podcast is now two and a half years old, and uh, I just like getting new reviews, especially when you guys critique myself. Uh, or you choose to critique our guest co-hosts, uh, one of which today is a gentleman that's been on a few times now. Uh, his brand that we've been having fun with is known as the Strausser Project because this guy just never seems to run out of projects. And uh, we're actually recording live today in his, uh, we'll call it man lair because he hasn't named it yet, but uh, his manly garage, because last time he and I got together, we recorded in my manly garage. Mine's bigger with a lot of gear. His is smaller with, I think, more gear. And you'll be able to see all this because we're going Facebook Live right now. And this will air on YouTube as well for the video watchers. So without further ado, Brian Strausser. Welcome back What's to up, the show, gang? sir. Yo, yo. Thanks, Scott. Happy to be back as always. And yes, your vocals are matched up very nicely to mine. Usually I'm a loud, obnoxious guy. So um, I often care about my vocals, so I'm, I'm glad we're, uh, it's, it's up to par well, last here. time we hung out, your vocals were questionable. Yeah. Oh, yes, that, that is actually correct. Yeah. And it's, it's talk. anybody that knows me knows that I never show up. So that bit of time that uh, that I wasn't speaking, I, I think it was magical for a number of people, especially my wife. <laughs> you know, I think if my fiance actually ever watched the show or heard the show, she would agree with you 100 percent on my end, too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If there's one thing my wife wishes I lost more often, I believe it would be my voice. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So a shout out to our significant others who deal with our annoyances. And I, trust me, I know I'm full of them. I don't know. Are you pretty yeah. full? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you can see by, you know, looking behind us, we got a little bit of a problem yeah, similar way, to was, yours. And What was your last bike count? Um, I don't know. I don't really count them because then I, then I feel like maybe it could possibly be too much and I don't want to feel like that because yeah, every once in a while you got to buy a new one. Again you, you, again, you can see this on the video, but I'm literally, I'm behind me for the podcast listeners. It's a wall of bikes uh, behind Brian. He's got his fat bike that he's currently training with right now. His workbench area. He's got a kayak hanging from the ceiling. He's got old, old skateboards. It's a true man lair. Uh, or in this case, there, there's ladies I know that also have this level. So let's not hold that back. Well, all absolutely. Right? The, the one bike is, uh, is my wife's bike. She rides with me. Yeah, uh, She loves to ride. Not, not quite to the addictive nature that I do, but she definitely has fun. She's well, more of a runner. And, and speaking of other bikes, we got one hole in our coffee up here today. Oh, well, we, we do. Well, we do. What's this? It's, it's a very little, large box. Cheers. Little cheers on that, yeah, so that box. Real quick for the <laughs> since we are live, and I know I did tag our buddy John. Uh, in, in, in the uh, in the live feed, so he might be watching this right now. John, we got your box, man. I know you know we got the box. It will be built. Uh, for Brian. now, it's going to house our coffee. Yeah, right now. <laughs> you know, so I told Scott, and I'll tell everybody else because you're getting a little uh, heads up that that knows about the GoFundMe page that we did for uh, a good friend of ours, John Lahutsky. Um The reason the bo the bike isn't built yet is. I love building bikes. I love doing things for people. And I hate the cold. I hate the winter <laughs> months. Makes me miserable. I'm out riding and doing my thing because I love riding so much. But uh, I'm waiting until I get a little bit more of a, a sunny day to sit out here in my little man cave and, and enjoy putting this bike together that we raised money for for John. 
and uh, I'm even uh, now he'll know. But when I'm ready to do that, I'm probably going to see if he's available, get him to come down here and hang out with me, and literally watch the whole thing come together, uh, which is which be a you know cool time to hang out with him as well. That's a good point. I think a lot of people who out there who aren't crazy bike nuts like you and I, uh, a little behind the scenes, it does take a little while to build a bike. Um, and in this case, this is a hand cycle. Um, so it's a little bit different. So for the newer watchers or listeners of the show, uh, shout out to John. John, John is a, a badass uh, Penn State University Lehigh Valley campus student who's on the board of I lost count of how many uh, we'll just call them giving back organizations. Um, and when Brian caught me up on this gentleman, uh, I was blown away. And that's when the whole GoFundMe thing came together. And uh, John lives with cerebral, uh, cerebral palsy, and he's a true inspiration. So uh, I'm excited once this bike does come together. But again, for the non-biking enthusiasts, it does take a little while to build a bike. So you actually want to enjoy the process. I get why you want to wait on this. Absolutely. Um, I buy most of my bikes at Saucon Valley Bikes. Uh, I know Steve will break very well. And uh, Shout out, Steve. I, I've been a pro mechanic in, in a couple of different shops over the years working on bikes. So it, it's, it's almost like... Uh, which is laughable to, to most, but I, I consider it almost like a, a rite of passage. Whenever I get my bike, I buy it, and it's the one contingency that I get to put it together, um, which in most cases is going to be a liability issue, but having been a uh, pro mechanic for a number of years, it's just time for me to get to know my bike, and it sounds really corny, but that's literally how crazy people like us are. All right, let's be real. <laughs> let's give them some props on this because I've been cycling a long time. I've been a road cyclist, mountain biker. I've done 100, 100 plus mile road uh, road cycling events uh i used to race in colorado for fun did 60 plus mile mountain bike racing events but i never actually completely hand built a hundred percent of my own bikes i did a lot of tinkering teardowns rebuilds but i never actually built it from the brand new so uh props to this guy that's why Again, between our teamwork here, this is a Strausser project. I just kind of hopped in to have some fun with it uh, because I know a little bit about social media and marketing, and, and Brian didn't want to deal with that. <laughs> so I was like, great. You deal with the build and do your, your mechanical guru thing. I'll just help from the crowdfunding, crowdsourcing thing, and let's pull this together. And I think let's real quick, let's think back here. This has been a month or so already. I think we crushed it in what, two days, three days? Yeah. It was awesome. That. Really well. inspirational. So, and that was on the holidays. So this actually, no, it's actually two months ago. We did this over the holidays, and we were wondering if people would step up because of the cost of the holidays. Correct. So, and, they um, did. and one of the things too, it's it's not um, either of us tooting our own horn about no, what we can do and what we're capable of, although we're we're kind of badass at what we do. But um, <sighs> it has to do with uh, the people that we surround ourselves by. You know, that's one of the biggest things I learned over the years. Um, you know, like the the Jim Rohn thing about you. You know. You're basically the, the, the product of the five people you spend the most time with. And we spend the, a lot of time with a lot of the right people. So when we come up with something like this, we might have some of the nuttier ideas and, and some of the ways to get them started. But we have a boatload of people that, that come behind us and, and help us out, which is, which is always cool. To the point of quite often I'll get people involved sometimes that I say, just hang back and, and save it for the next time. Because now we already solved, like we don't do this to... You know, we don't need, we're not going extra. We're mm -hmm. just trying to solve a problem for somebody. And, and I've had people that have taken it above and beyond where I said, you know what, hang back. It's just a matter of time. I'm going to come across somebody else. I'm going to meet somebody. I'm going to come across something that's going on that we can help somebody out. And now you're going to be the guy that will, or girl that will kickstart that. Yeah, that's actually a great point because a lot of people, they come in, they come in hot, they come in hard, they blow it out of the water like we did. Thanks to the people who supported this initiative. I mean, Brian and I were just tools in the process, so I love that point. It's really the power of the people that helped give back. But 
there's also that people, I, I always want to make sure we're doing campaign updates. So like when the bot, when you went down to Philadelphia to get the box with Steve, you know, we posted updates, you know, the campaign's done. We're still posting updates. We want people to know that it didn't just fall to the wayside, that these types of campaigns or these initiatives do take time. Like, honestly, even if he, even if you did build the bike right now, it's winter time here in Northeast Pennsylvania. And granted today it's raining and most of the snow has melted off, but by next week we could have snow again. And admittedly, John has never ridden a bike on his own, let alone a hand cycle. So we still need to build it. Then we got to test, you know, how John's going to adapt to it. There's going to be tinking. It's not, it's not going to be a turnkey overnight thing, right? Yep. And, and more importantly than me enjoying building it, that's, that's really peanuts compared to the, the, you know, if we had sunny days, I would have had this thing done a long time ago. But the, <laughs> the biggest point is for him to enjoy riding it. So yep. I'm not going to take him out in, in 35 degrees to freeze his ass off and, and you know, ride someplace and be miserable. Uh, that defeats the purpose of what we're doing. I want to I want to show him how awesome it is to ride a bike and be out in the wilderness, this, that, whatever. Here's a little funny side note that a lot of people don't know on the on the trip. And I don't even think you know, Scott, but me and Steve almost wrecked my truck. I drive a full size four door F-150 quite large pickup truck and we okay. were taking the uh we're on our way down to philly we took the back way to get to the turnpike which takes us to where we needed to go i went down uh, towards quakertown yeah like through yeah. coopersburg area yeah. and stuff and a bunch of windy back roads and i i had told steve um maybe a couple miles into the into that area i said wow it's really icy around here there's not nearly this kind of ice or issues anywhere else in the valley that i'd been driving so i'd already you know noticed it we were in absolutely no hurry, had no other plans that we were really worried about, taking my good old time, and uh, came around a bend, saw a long patch of ice. I think I even had enough time to comment to Steve that, like, holy cow, this is a you know bad one. Laid off the gas, was going to go through it pretty mellow, and when I hit it, it my truck disappeared. Literally, the, the ass end started to come around in my pickup. Steve's both arms went. One grabbed a console. The next one's at the window. And I got the uh, the infamous willies in my stomach. Now the ass end of my truck is heading across the road, and there's cars coming. Oh, um, for anyone that knows me, I'm a hardcore redneck from Stickville, so I've been uh, I've been doing crazy shit in my vehicle for years, and and that's what we did for fun as kids. We used to have little uh, race tracks and farm fields and stuff, so I know how to handle a vehicle. And started counter steering, but ice is ice. I don't care what you're driving. You you have no control. Thank God it was coming back. That made me even more nervous because this was a large enough patch that anybody knows if you're counter steering, your car's coming back around, mm -hmm. there's a good chance it's going to go the other way and quite possibly even further. So had it done that, it would have put us head on into probably two vehicles coming across the other way. Oof. And somehow, don't no idea how it did, but it straightened out, kept it straight, and I went across the ice and that was it. But uh, I said, I looked at Steve, I said, man, you know, I... I live for doing this kind of stuff for people. And here I am in, in, in my, you know, my nice vehicle going to do this, this awesome thing for somebody. And we were literally like, That's I don't wild. even know how didn't we notice. didn't total my truck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, it's, right, I'm not a hokey spiritual crazy nutball, but I would like to think that one crazy wake up call. And the fact is that you were actually driving like a normal person and being smart about it Two. Thank God that you and I, because I, I, I raised my hand and agreed with you because I grew up the same way. Like I, I grew up driving a tractor on a farm and then driving my dad's beat up farm pickup truck in the fields, learning how to slide in the mud. I, I used to screw yeah. around the same way. So one, uh, for parents out there, please teach your kids how to power slide a vehicle. I highly recommend it in a safe environment, obviously. Uh, two, learn about the counter steer. But anyway, back to my point, the, the three, the combination of the first three points was 
I think, thank God you were on a uh, mission, right, of doing something good. And obviously, thank I'm glad to hear this now that you and Steve made it out unscathed and you made it to safely to Philadelphia. You were able to bring this bike back. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I did it with my Adam's apple coming out my <laughs> rear end, but uh, we, we absolutely got it here. Well, <laughs> speaking of Adam's apples coming out your rear ends, uh, I, I had a recent adventure uh a few weeks ago, you and I haven't actually had a chance to catch up since, uh, for those of you who do follow me on social media, obviously I was posting a lot recently from the hospital. Uh, so obviously I'm much more alert and expressive and I can laugh and I can be more mobile now because I've been out for, I don't know, is it a month yet? And, uh, yeah, I decided to collapse a lung, uh, by accident. Didn't know, didn't know I did it, you know? Uh, so, so respect to St. Luke's, uh, university health network. I just want to give them a shout out on today's show because I, you know, I rip on, on health and wellness and how our country has gone downhill in some areas, but when it comes to medical science and their ability with obviously fixing me, uh, props nutritionally. That's a different discussion, different podcast. Pumping, you, <laughs> pumping you up, pun intended. Yes, actually. Well, to be fair, they didn't actually pump me up. They they jam a test chest tube into your rib cavity to to help pull the air out, so your lung can naturally finish inflating because air does not belong in your chest cavity. Quick little fun lung lesson. Uh, and then obviously they you know the holes didn't want to heal on their own, and then we had to do surgery. So good times. FYI, I didn't get to tell you. I now am missing like um, like at least a half inch of the top surface of my lung uh they had to, they just literally just cut that off nice so, good times. weight yeah like you know that. lighten up so and, and let's tie this together <laughs> so we got biking theme today we got injury recovery today uh and then most recently because I, I tagged it in the post i mentioned the words wilderness 101 and this is not really my story this is your story my friend so <laughs> i'm just jumping in now because i decided to sign up for this race go ahead ryan <laughs> i got uh i got some funny tidbits to this too because it, for anybody watching these things and listening to this uh these podcasts um about the extent of time that me and scott have in our schedules to get together and, and do much of anything together is you're you're pretty much looking and listening to it um we're both crazy busy got a million different side hustles and things going on so uh you know we had talked a long time ago with the Strasser Project stuff. Long story short, um, I had, in the year 2000, I weighed 328, 328 pounds. I got the pictures to prove it. They're horrific to look at. Um, changed my life, yada, yada. Not going to go through the whole story again. There's some stuff in the podcast in the We're going to link in the show notes. We'll link all the past episodes he's been on, so you guys can go back and listen to those episodes. It'll all be in the website. Mm -hmm. I deal with a lot of... Uh, I hate to say depression, but weird issues like that, mental things where, you know, as outrageously happy I am as much as I love my wife, my kids, uh, my just my overall family and everything I do. There's a lot of weird things going on in my head that even to this day, being a, like a chronic reader and whatever, I still am yet to figure out 100%. But through that, I and, and my weight being a, uh, anybody looks at overweight people think they have a weight problem, an eating problem, whatever. Quite often it's not, that's not the problem. That's the solution to their problems. Um, my problems are not, I like to eat. It's not, you know, it's not something I look forward to. I like to ride my bike. That's what I like. That's what I do. Um, when I'm having a bad day and things are going wrong, that's when the mindless eating and things come up. But through my weight problem many years ago, trying to get myself together, I ended up, uh, started to learn about weightlifting and fitness and health and nutrition. I knew nothing about it. At the time, I was following a guy by the name of Bill Phillips who had uh, a muscle media magazine. He has um, 
now I'm having a brain fart what book he had out, Body for Life. And there was a program that, until this day, I really liked this guy. He went through some stuff as well, gained a bunch of weight. This is a ripped monster. And, and now in his, I think his 50s, he's back in great shape helping people again. But I really educated myself through that. Skipped ahead, became a personal trainer. I studied for almost two years uh, through ACE and National Academy of Sports Medicine. I spent almost 10 years helping people, you know, reach goals. And, and through that, linking us back to what we're talking about today, I fell in love with, uh, thanks to a friend who came to my apartment when I was still probably 290 pounds and, and uh, asked if I wanted to go mountain biking that day. Didn't even know what it was. I knew what a mountain bike was. And, and I, I started, uh, you know, day one, I said, what do you mean mountain biking? Mm-hmm. She said, you know, through the woods, there's these, these like skinny trails they're called. Cause I've always been an outdoors person. I grew up in the sticks and love camping, hiking, all that stuff. And cause I didn't want to go ride around on some paved path. It didn't seem exciting to me. I was a skateboarder my whole life. Um, always into that crazy asphalt to dirt up, up until my ACL blew apart in pieces. I, I skateboarded till I was well into my you know early forties and I'm about 45 now. And, and, uh, so long story short, she turned me on to mountain biking and that literally I came home after the first day of riding and, and it was a light bulb went off and, and literally remember saying to myself, like, that's it. You know, between the knowledge that I was gaining already being in that place, that was the missing piece of the puzzle that was going to get me to uh, the place that I was trying to go. And went from calling my parents after I think the first four-mile ride that I did. Couldn't believe that I did four miles on a bike in the woods. It was pretty amazing back then. Um, and this is things that you got to keep in perspective. I, I've, I've grown to be known as a great person to be around like the beginners and the newcomers. Because I know... You set, you set a great example that way. You know, I, I know where I came from and I know, you know, what it's like to start out and have something positive right from the get go. If somebody makes it negative to you, takes you out there and kills you in the woods and whatever, or uh, discredits the fact that you're just beginning and they're a hardcore rider for many years, um, you're going to ruin the sport for them. And it's, it's something that I love and take personally and would rather turn somebody on to rather than turn them off through just basic riding. I got into racing, went into some cross country stuff again, just for fun. I've never had that competitive spirit in me. Um, against other people, but I wanted to ride the places that my friends were riding. I wanted to hang out in the in the situations that they were getting to hang out in these awesome festivals and stuff like that. And through the cross country, I turned into doing more of an endurance uh, style events because I was driving a couple hours to race for 45 minutes and it didn't make sense to me because I was actually losing time on my bike back then when I rode a lot of time. Been there. And, we, we all uh, have that journey. <laughs> so I've since done multiple uh, Leesburg-Baker's Dozen races. It's a 13-hour race in Leesburg, Virginia. Um, and along came this event called the Wilderness 101. And when I first had started reading about this, I thought you had to be a special kind of idiot to even... And real quick, we're in 2019. What year is this? Uh, the first time I was interested in the wilderness? Yeah. It, it, Literally a long, long time ago. When I was hardcore, it might have been as far as 10 years ago. What Two, was the Leesburg Dozen, though? What Leesburg, Baker's Dozen. Yeah, Baker's Dozen. Um, that was only, that was less than 10 years, probably five, okay. five, seven years ago. I don't remember exactly. Helps with the timeline. I like it. Yeah. And uh, so I heard about this event. I thought there was just no way possible. Once I did the uh, Leesburg-Baker's Dozen 13-hour race, I at least thought it was possible. Still thought it was ridiculous. And, and um I bit it off a number of years ago, and I forget the actual year, the, the first time that I went. I wasn't prepared for it, and again, struggling with a, a number of different things, side hustles, weight issues, you name it. And I got to, uh, I think the second rest stop is about 42, 43 miles into um, unbelievable, crazy climbing of Bald Eagle State Forest out near State College area. And uh, 
I got pulled at the second rest stop and I swore to myself on that drive home, although I was outrageously happy and, and excited about what I did. I, uh, I, I felt there was no way in hell I was ever going to come back and, and attempt to ever do that again. So a couple of years later, now having been friends with uh, Scott and some shenanigans, this, that, whatever, I ended up deciding to bite it off. That was when my knee blew apart. I was probably in one, uh, the best shape I'd been in a long, long time. And my knee blew apart, tore my ACL, spent the past two years wondering if I was going to ride a bike at all again, gained a bunch of weight, slumped into the proverbial Strasser hole and, uh, you know, things just fell apart. So biting that off again, I'm deciding, you know, it's the one kind of event that I was looking to close out all my shenanigans that I've done. And, uh, you know, something that mentally just seemed impossible to me for so long. And now having known what it looks like and, and being a part of it, I think that, uh, you know, there, there is a chance. Um, it's a small chance, but uh, we're going to give it a go and, and uh, see what we can do this year with it and hopefully uh, seal the deal. <laughs> For the listeners, I just walked over to the tripod so I could wave at everybody watching. It's a thing, you know, when you're on Facebook Live. Tap, tap, tap. Waving. Hi. <laughs> By the way, there's already people commenting saying this is very inspirational. So thank you for sharing this. Nice. Appreciate this, that. This is what we do. Sharing is caring. <laughs> we, we always hug it out, but we do it after the videos. Yes. So be the- yes. It's all right. <laughs> we like to keep our bromancing and, and more of a private thing. I think it's more respectful. Uh, but but in all, in all seriousness, like this is, I think, why you and I have grown a friendship in the past couple of years for those people who have... Listen to the earlier shows when Brian come on. Dude, you've come from just us connecting over chainsaws and clearing mountain biking trails from storm damage that I basically reached out online for help with because uh, the county couldn't handle it. And, I mean, I'm, I am I have a pretty good horsepower method when I don't have a collapsed lung, but, I mean, I can still use help. I'm not, I'm not Superman. And then that's how Brian got connected. And then, uh, you know, through health and fitness, you know, weight loss goals, everything. Like, he and I aligned pretty well. And then... Uh, obviously coming on the podcast, dude, over the past episodes, you admitting, you know, your past struggles with, uh, you know, how depression comes into it, the psychology component, boom, you and I do it, doing that first live podcast out of a Starbucks connecting with Dr. Megan Cannon, right? The sports psychologist who comes on the show regularly. She and I are going to be recording in the next week or two, you know, then fast forward all the way today. I mean, bringing you to, uh, Thanksgiving up to, up to my event in New York with sister Mary Lanning. And then you connect me with the other John in Staten Island. And now this John with this new hand. So this is just, this is why I love sharing content like this guys is that you don't know who you're going to impact. And that's why when I use the term sharing is caring. And yes, I'm very active on social media. Some people don't get that. And, but you and I understand that it's like, I'm probably more of a sharer than you sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I it's really a competition. It out of me. Uh, one of my, one of my biggest struggles, I guess for me is, is, is I guess being motivated to do for me what I do for everybody else like that. That's one of the weird things that I deal with and, and the struggles that I have is I'm so motivated to help other people, but I suck at motive, you know, helping myself. I seem to put so much out for everyone else that I, you know, again, I'm lacking it for myself. Um, cool little story that just happened the other day and you'll like this because you because you you know we got the same brain with this stuff i just rode yesterday on my fat bike which is behind me my my fat bike i bought this winter to motivate myself to be riding in the shitty weather because again if i can't stress enough how much i hate the cold and uh through my riding my talking this that whatever i work i'm a carpenter uh work for a place over in in uh emmaus and one of the gentlemen that that i work with his name's eric uh, i won't give him his last name just because uh 
I don't know if he wants to be involved with this. He's a, he's a little bit shyer than I am, but uh, <laughs> um, everybody starts he, that way. I met him, heard that he was a rider. He's dealing with a weight problem. He's got some issues at home. Like I'm like, man, this guy's a lot like me. So, you know, I start giving him the Scott Mulvaney and I'm, and I'm like uh, poking and prodding from time to time. And Is that a thing now? <laughs> yeah, the Scott Mulvaney. And um, he, uh, next thing you know is, I'm like, hey, you, you got a bike, right? You know, you used to ride. You used to love it. And I said, what are you doing this weekend? So we started riding. Long story short, this guy had every excuse under the sun as to why he couldn't do whatever distance we were going out to do that day or whatever hill that was in front of us or, you know, so mentally again, like working with his head. And again, this is a guy with a screwed up head trying to help somebody else. <laughs> Two wrongs don't make it right, but I guess it did this time. And, uh, skipping ahead from, from doing minimal miles with this guy, we just rode yesterday and he did 30 or 31 miles. What? He's bought in two bikes since I've met him. And he signed up for the Leesburg Baker's Dozen with me, so uh, which is pretty awesome. Now, did he do that because you shared that story? Um, which story? Of the Leesburg uh, Dozen, how you did them in the past. Yeah, yeah. I've been, yeah. Ta- I've been trying to get him to sign up forever, and I told him that he... It's the you power know. of sharing the right stories. <clears throat> they could click with some people. Clearly, that clicked with him, and he needed a goal. So. Yep, so I, so I sent him a nice note. You know, no dude, when you're done, needs to... I'm, I'm not sitting there you know, needing to give that guy a hug and hand him some flowers. But I was pretty pumped that my buddy, you know, came from as far as he came. I also, this is a gentleman I went to, uh, we went to Vermont last year and camped yeah. out in tents and, and oh, he rode. Was, that was the guy on the trip We, with that? we got okay. in a fight on top of the mountain in a place because of how negative he was. And I literally was borderline screaming at this guy. And on I top said, of a remote, you know, beautiful, majestic we're, we're in Vermont. Like this is the equivalent of, you know, it doesn't get any better than this place for me. These trails don't get any better. I'm like, I don't need excuses. I go, because I'm not asking anything of you. Yeah. We're just trying to have a good time. I said, you got to stop being so damn hard on yourself and just focus on enjoying riding your bike. I said, if, if there's anybody on this planet that understands, you know, and, and wants to have a good time, I said, it's me. I'm not asking anything of you. I'll wait a day and a half for you to catch up. I just wanted to keep going. We get, you know, we're, we're in Vermont to ride. And so anyways, he apologized for me to me after that, you know, it wasn't like we didn't get, you know, yeah, but you probably weren't looking for an apology. You just wanted him to kind of get what you were get getting. out of his head. Yeah. And again, because I'm screaming at myself, you know, I'm looking at myself, just like you said, at different places in the timeline and stuff. And, and long story short, I sent this guy like a really cool message yesterday. Like, dude, you know, look at how far you came. And, um, I'm trying to think exactly how he worded it, but he, he said his response to it was something to the effect of all I had to do was sit next to you at work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and that was, you know, that's the type of shit that for a guy like me, um, I can show you good. all the things that I've done over the years and stuff doesn't mean shit to me as opposed to this guy saying that I went from here to here all because I sat next to you at work. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty damn cool. I, I think it ties perfectly back to your point. You kind of like threw the, that influencer, the old influencer, Jim Rohn out there, right? So he's, he's very well known in the personal and professional development space over decades. You know, the guy's got a lot of famous quotes documented, but the one that you and I bring up all the time, you just hint on, you are the product of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So I bring this up on shows all the time. Like really think, I'm not saying disown your friends. I'm not saying disown your family. I'm just saying you have a choice to who you're going to you know, spend your time with, who you're going to basically siphon that energy off of, or whether you want to or not, it's going to happen. So really focus on that. So speaking of that, this guy's so inspirational. And then obviously me with my recent lung adventure, uh, I was kind of pissed because it takes a lot to take me out 
and it's kind of funny that I took myself out on this one. <laughs> so, um, his goal, this fat bike, everything else, like he's he wants to get back and do the Wilderness 101. And real quick, because he knows more about it, Wilderness 101 is literally a 101 mile, basically endurance sports style mountain bike race. It's hosted out by Penn State main campus, right out out in Correct. central Pennsylvania. It's happening this July 2019. It's an annual event. I think they average about what 200 riders. And there's different lengths. You don't have to do the full 101, I believe. No, there's a it couple is, different it's, categories. It's 101 as far as I'm... That's it? The yep. only option? Okay, you get no. yanked if you don't keep up with a certain pace, but I believe it's a it's a one-event thing. I don't know yeah. if they have a, a so, little kids race or something. Long story like. short, I knew he was going to do it anyway. And <laughs> I was like, well, I love racing. And my doctor has cleared me for you know cardiovascular training, but no crazy weight training. So I was like, wait a minute. This is, this is, this is me years ago before I got into CrossFit. I was doing more cycling. I was teaching spinning classes back then and everything else. So I was like, hey, this could be a biking year. So I use that as an excuse to buy a ticket. I want to make sure this people understand this on this video and on this podcast. I have not bought this ticket so I could beat Brian in the Wilderness 101 race. I bought this <laughs> ticket because I wanted him to know that somebody else that you know we've connected with is going to be there. Whether or not he or I finish, which... We're both very competitive people, so I'm really not that worried about it. Uh, there might be people out there wondering if he could finish or I could finish. Trust me, the training will go down, and the fitness level will be there. And like I hinted at him on social media, there's people commenting on whether or not he could do it or not. And I think a lot of people need to understand that even if you, let's say worst case scenario, you don't finish a race. I've been in a lot of races. You've been in a lot of races. You still walk away, ride away, God forbid, roll away if you're if you're injured with so much learned from that experience. I, I, I tell people that all the time, like, oh, you might not be able to finish. So what? At least I stepped up, I bought the ticket, I committed, now it gives me an excuse to train, and I'm gonna go for it, right? <clears throat> because you that's part of your backstory. You didn't get to finish the Wilderness 101 when you did it the first time. Absolutely, and, and one, of the, one of the hugest hurdles that I'm already over going into this a second time, which you never been there, is I know exactly where I'm staying. I know exactly how it starts. I know exactly the first hill and everyone thereafter for the next 40 some miles. And, and I have a much better understanding as to uh, the type of training that needs to be involved. And, and that, that, you know, the unknown, it was one of the scariest things to me in most any event, but going into the wilderness, just having read and watched videos and everything else. Um, that was probably the scariest thing for me was having no idea uh, you know, how much it was really going to be. And, and I would go so far as to call it horrific. Like it is my um, kind of race. <laughs> it is. It is. So my, my big thing is I'm, I'm a very technical rider and I excel in, in technical areas. Um, I'm a little scared with that now because of my knee issue and stuff. And, and there's a lot of stuff still going on with my knee. Um, but a lot of this is gravel climbs and more of a simple, fast downhill. So any, if you climb for a half an hour, 45 minutes, you can get down that in about two, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you're back into climbing. This is, this is, you know, legitimate mountain type terrain. Uh, so, but that, that kind of helps me. Um, as I got close to that 40, you know, I don't know if it was between 30 and 35 miles, but we started to get into the single track. Now everybody and their mom pulled away from me cause I was, I was unprepared and I've always been a bigger guy. I don't care if I lose 50 pounds, I'm still going to be one of the bigger guys in there. And uh, okay, yeah, there's actually a mountain bike race categories called the Clydesdale <laughs> Division for 
naturally either just big, built, strong, or or a, a heavier frame person. Like you're, you got me beat by weight, dude. I might be six four, but I'm just a really lean I, person. I call so. myself a craft beer enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's another, another problem. But we'll, we'll get into some. That, we'll get into that later. That's another story. Uh, I'm, I'm, um, the, I'm the fatty coffee with a side of scotch enthusiast. So, but uh, <laughs> these, uh, if I knew this was going to be easier, I knew that it, it, it would defeat the purpose of what this event is to me. You know, because um, I fell in love with pushing myself, and I and I think it's uh, you know something that everybody should do on on some level to really understand. You know what it's you know what it, what it means to kind of be happy you know and, and and live a good life like so many people just live in their you know but find those new limits that's where I, when I when you started telling me all this stuff that's what popped in my head right it's like not just living that full life but it's like oh there's a new limit but then you break through that limit you know this oh so it wasn't actually a limit it was a temporary barrier that's what I love about this the no. stuff we and I are talking about it's all a mind thing and then boom you break through well now what can I do next right. Yeah, funny funny story was I was scared to death. Didn't I? Didn't I didn't, I didn't want to go on group rides when I start, first started riding because I'm like, how are these people going to ride? I don't know how they're going to ride. Yeah, now I'm not at a big that fan point, of group rides either. <laughs> at that point, I was uh, hardcore obsessed um, to the point of I actually raced Clydesdale I think once in my life ever, and I've always been in that category. But uh, the first race was at Bear Creek. It was the first race I ever did, and I came home, and uh, my wife at the time said, uh, "What's that?" I said, "It's uh, it's an award for." She goes, oh, for what? I said, first place. She goes, what? I won my first race that I had ever done. I was scared to death of going there. Now, I was in a Clydesdale category, but still, there's plenty of big dudes in there. Oh, yeah. Steve LeBrake being one of them, which yeah. is funny. The and owner of Stockton Valley shop. Bikes. Yeah. Um, you know, and he was one of the ones that I rode with a lot. And and uh, it was just at that time that I was, you know, extremely obsessive with my riding. That's all I did. And I ended up going out and like, wow, I'm, I'm actually pretty decent at this <laughs> but being the big guy you're always going to meet those the skinny bastards like scott that uh you know can certainly get up those hills a lot quicker but then i, I catch up in a lot of the technical stuff and bottom line is i just enjoy doing it yeah and if I you think don't you're never going to survive something like this you're, that was the biggest miserable. thing that i wanted to have come through on this because we're doing a shorter segment show today uh, and this is where we want to keep it around because we're going to be following up more there's gonna be a lot of stuff that i want to keep sharing about brian's transformation this year because he has come very far whether he needs to be reminded of that or not. Um, it's, this is the cool stuff that I love being able to bring forth on the podcast show, especially with somebody who's local to me is that, you know, he, he is an ambassador of live the fuel. Now we didn't even have an ambassador. It was really his idea. And I'm like, I love it. Uh, but I'm thinking is, tattoos, but that's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's something else. Uh, you know, I, have, I, I don't, I don't count it out. Apparently my fiance is not a fan. I, I got more than she's ever seen on a guy and I don't have that many, but I just have very large ones. So, but that's the point of this guys is that if you take nothing else out of the show today, obviously John's backstory that, you know, this bike here is going to be benefiting. There'll be more updates coming from that. Um, whether it, whether you have, don't have any goals to ever do a 101 mile mountain bike race, I to date have never done 101 miles on a mountain bike. I've done 100, 150 mile, you know, road cycling events. I've done 60 to 65 mile endurance mountain biking races when I was in Colorado. I've never done this. So I'm excited because it's a new threshold. He and I have both run marathons. I've done 200 mile relay run. I mean, we've all done a lot of crazy cool stuff. So it's like, hey, dude, new goals, new thresholds, new air quotes, limits to be broken through. And that's what I wanted to get out of this show because I knew I knew you and I would eventually get to that point. Um, if you had some final words, obviously, you know, for our listeners and watchers today, like how would you like to close the show out? 
Uh, two things. One, uh, just as a heads up for future info uh, coming up, is I'm going to meet with uh, Celine Yeager, Bicycling Magazine's yes. Fit Chick. Great way to close um, this up. Celine, Celine's one of those chicks that I've known for many, many years, as long as I've been in, in the Lehigh Valley. And, and uh, if anybody knows my, me and my daughter, how close I am with her, um, she's been in bike shops since I think I had her in, she was a week old the first time she was in a bike shop when I took her to South mountain cycle at the time. And dude, you've hiked by <clears> me <throat> when I was cutting a tree and she was in like a backpack system and you yep. were hiking her on the mountain biking trails. <laughs> she's my right hand lady. So Celine, Celine's good enough that when I walked by her at the bike shop one day, as creepy as this is, I walked over with my little girl in my hand and I took her hand and, and wiped it down the, the side of Celine's arm. And Celine looked at me kind of awkwardly and like, you know, as if to say without saying it, you know, why did you just wipe my arm? And I said, I'm just hoping that some of this shit rubs off on my kid. I said, <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I just took her into a rock climbing four years old. And she was amazing yesterday. But um, so anyway, Celine, many years ago, uh, just an awesome human being, met me at the coffee shop, sat down, and, and I didn't think I have a, had a pot to piss in when it came to a chance uh, to run that marathon the first time I did, which was 2009. I do remember that date. And she sat down and spent all sorts of time. Um, one, lifted me up with a bunch of good info, just pumping me up because she's done. Uh, you know, People say ride like a girl. I, I would change that to ride like Celine because she, she's a monster and, um, and such a class act. So she helped me a lot to to give me the confidence that I needed to do the marathon. She gave me a bunch of awesome tips and I'm going to actually meet with her tomorrow after work and go over some things with the, you know, this endurance mountain bike game and, you know, any, any little bit helps. I've, I've been there, done that to a certain extent, but I'm, I'm absolutely behind the ball with this. My, my knees are still a, a questionable situation, but um, we're going to give it 110%. And so next time we, we talk, you'll hear how that conversation went. I'm excited. Um, as far as closing it out, my, my words kind of, you know, I thought of this as we were talking today and I would say, get out of your own head. You know, that, that's the, that's my comment for today is get out of your own head. Um, too many times we sit around and, and worry about the 10,000 things going wrong. Um, take the steps and, and do the two things, you know, you can do right. Uh, you know, don't, don't engulf yourself in all the bullshit that's going on. There's so much of it. Trust me, I, I could talk for 10 podcasts in a row about some of the stuff I got going on. But the bottom line is I wake up every day. I try to get to the gym right now because that helps my head. Um, I sit down. I'm a side hustler. If I'm not doing side work, I'm, I'm doing estimates on a Sunday and different things, but still making time for my family and my kid. Um, just get out of your head and, and, and don't dwell on the bad stuff. Do, you know, st Stick with the positives, I guess. I love that. And he did hint that earlier in the show, getting out of your own head, ladies and gentlemen. So thanks for tuning in to another powerful Live the Fuel show with none other Brian Strausser of the Strausser Project. Make sure you like and follow him on the social media, the Facebook or whatever else you like to stalk people on virtually. <laughs> <laughs> and, and obviously, as I hinted earlier in the show, we're going to link his past shows in the show notes on LiveTheFuel.com. Uh, obviously this show will air everywhere across the Stitcher, the iTunes, Google, whatever you use for, for podcasting. And, uh, obviously the video from today, which is on the Facebook live on my personal feed and it was, is tagged on Brian Strausser's personal feed. We will share this to the live the fuel feed today and the Strausser project feed today, and then take the video and put it on the YouTube world because I just spread it all over the place. And when you got words like you dropped today, ma'am, that, and again, solid work, cheers on the, uh, on the final words, uh, that's how I like to show thanks a lot, uh, Scott. close out the show, man. Guys, get out of your own head. All right. So again, thanks for tuning in to another Fuel Show. 
We're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com. Thank you.